to Blind Luminations, the show that is half-sighted, half-blind, all podcast. Now get ready to open your ears to your two favorite lumineers, Mark and Jan. Hello, hello. You are at a place called Blind Vertigo. No, you're not. You're at the Blind Luminations podcast. It just didn't rhyme with hello, so I couldn't say it. Anyway, I'm your co-host, the blind guy himself, Mark, along with my very sighted wife, Jan. How you doing, Jan? Hello, hello. Hola. You say goodbye. I, no, wait a minute. You didn't say goodbye. I did not say <laughs> goodbye. We just started this episode. There's no time to say goodbye yet. This is not the Bizarro episode. We're good. Exactly. That would be weird. We would have yeah, to do every. We would have to do everything in reverse. We would have to start by saying goodbye. We would have to plug our social media, then do the topic of the week, and then say what we were up to last weekend, and then introduce ourselves. And you I think would it would have be, to be sighted, and I'd have to be blind for this to work. I don't think it would work out. I don't think we can. No, that I don't off. think we could. Do, we can make you blind. You could put on a blindfold, but for me, I don't think there's much we could do. I know. Unfortunately. But I, that might be an interesting episode. It would be kind of counterproductive, I think. Yeah, you can't really Possibly. fake sightedness. No, but I'm just talking about in terms of, like, the order of the episode. Mm. It would be pretty counterproductive to introduce ourselves at the end of the episode. Well, then people could guess. <laughs> people could guess. What's this podcast all about? Is he blind or something? I don't know. Well, they'd probably figure it out. Well, yeah, it's not like know. it's the, the secret that we only reveal in the beginning. I don't know. I give I don't them credit. Know. You give them credit? Yeah. I don't. You're making it sound like I'm calling our listeners stupid, and I, I'm not. I wasn't saying that. I said you just don't have faith in people's abilities to do things. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic, since I have a disability. It's not really irony. It's not You're irony right. at all. Okay. I guess that makes me a hypocrite. Yes. Wouldn't it? That would be what the true statement is. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. No, well, it's not a hypocrite because you, it, it's well, not a hypocrite. It's I would kind of be hypocritical, like, because I think I can do things despite having disability, but people with abilities, I assume they can't do things. It would be, mm, yeah, maybe that's a bizarro mentality. Mm-hmm. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anyway, you're listening to the Blind Illuminations podcast. As I said, I'm Mark. I'm with my side to wife, Jan. And uh, the purpose of this podcast is not to ramble on with no direction. It's actually to talk about our marriage and uh, the different situations we face as a husband and wife, one of us being blind and one of us being sighted. So this week we are going to talk about a little something called Describe Video. Uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's little, it's pretty darn big. Well, yeah, but you know, sometimes it's a figure of speech. You say a little something, like a little something-something. Sometimes that can be, eh, eh. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I don't know, some people might not like a little something-something to be, mm-mm-mm. I didn't say, mm-mm-mm, now you're being perverse. I said, eh, eh. That makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, yeah, so a big little something, or an average size something, or a huge something, whatever you want to call it. We're talking about Describe Video this week, and how I use it to quote-unquote see 
movies and television. So we thought with Spider-Man Far From Home coming out next week, it would be the perfect opportunity to talk about it on the podcast. So that's in a little bit, but before we get there, we are going to talk about what we were up to this past weekend. And it was a real humdinger, let me tell you. Ooh, that's a good word. Thanks. I pulled that out of my back pocket. Mm. It was in there, it was tucked away, there was a little bit of lint in that pocket. But I still had that word in there, so I just plucked it right out. That's impressive and descriptive. A little crazy. Just like described video, which you will find more about later in this podcast. That's a little segue. That's not a segue, right. just so a this foreshadowing. Weekend... Anyway, yes, this weekend we had a real humdinger of a time. We went to Carousel of Nations. Uh-huh. Uh, it's something that we do in the, the city and surrounding area oh, yes. now. The Windsor, it's, Ontario area. Yeah, in Tin Leamington and that. Uh-huh. Um, Windsor, Essex County. Yes. Well, no, I want to make sure people know, because not everybody listening to this podcast is from this area. So if they are coming from out of town, I want them to know it's it's where it's at. Got two turntables and a microphone. Anyway, the point of this yes, is that yeah, get on with it. it was a fun time that we had at the African uh, Carousel of Nations. The African Village. Yes. They have different villages. That's what they call for the carousel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was our first year doing it. So they, they were figuring out all the bugs. But we still had a very entertaining time. We did. And... Each village for the carousel, they serve uh, food from their culture, and they also provide entertainment. And there's also kind of um, an educational aspect because they'll put different things on display to teach you different things about their culture and their country. So it's actually very interesting. It's one of those festivals that I really like because it's all throughout the city. You can go to different villages and learn a little bit too while you're out enjoying yourself. So that makes it very unique in terms of something to go to, an event to go to. Because, mm-hmm. like, in Canada, we have the... It's a mosaic, right? It's oh. not the, the melting pot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very big and boisterous and <laughs> exploding with things. Yeah. But the whole idea of mosaic is essentially, like, you can take the little bits, but together it creates the big picture. So you don't lose that heritage and that background and everything. So this is just sort of highlighting it because uh, it shows the similarities, it shows um, the differences, but it also uh, helps to feel more like a community because these are villages uh, held at community centers usually that uh, are for that culture. So we've gone to, uh, like, there was a Greek Orthodox before. There was Greek, I think it was at an Orthodox church. Yeah, and last year we went to the yeah. Macedonian, I don't know the venue, but it was the Macedonian village. Yeah, it was a church too. Right. Um, but we've got ones that have not been churches. Uh, there was the, uh, the one for the Philippines that was at the community center. This one was at, it was at the community center, but outside of it. Right. But yeah, so it shows it's still part of the community and yet you can get that that taste and that experience. And uh, it's always fun to do that because it, it makes it feel more welcoming. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's neat to see that because then you can relate to things and uh, see how it still fits in and everything else. And you 
it's uh, it's a really fun experience. Yeah, it really helps to break down borders between yeah. different cultures and stuff like that. I think that's very important right now, uh, especially. So it's definitely an interesting thing. Uh, there's definitely there's a communal aspect to it. Uh, there's it, it was just like a real fun time that we had when we mm-hmm. went there on Friday night. Because so. one of the hosts was, I want to say, Jean-Pierre. Mm-hmm. And in Africa, they do speak French. There's English and French in that. So uh, in different areas in that. Yeah. So it was very interesting because I think some people would be surprised by that, that that is one of uh, a language that they would know so well. So... When he was introducing it, he was singing the national anthem, but in French. Yeah, the Canadian knew, national yeah, anthem, and he, he was singing Canadian, it. Yeah. In English and in French, yeah. and we were all singing it. So that was like a very neat experience. But you weren't singing it in French because you didn't know it in French. Actually. I knew both. Actually, because in school we had Uh-oh. to sing it in French and in English, I did know most of the words. I'm not going to say I knew all of them. You know what this means? Oh, no. You just made me look the fool. Because I thought you didn't know it, and you'd prove me wrong right on the spot here. Ha, ha, ha. You made me look the fool. You were very silent, like you thought there's another I, shoe to drop Yeah, there. I was wondering what you were going to no, lead to. No, I was just saying you made me like, like a... I thought it was from a song or something. I was, well, it is kind of from a song, but it's... Basically, you just made me look like a dope. Mm. That's that's all I'm saying, really. There's nothing much... There's nothing more to it, really. So I was a little proud of myself, because it was, mm-hmm. you know, dusting off the uh, the memory bank, so to speak, to You should be just that. a little proud of yourself. It, it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Just like described video. It's not a little... Not a little thing. It was a big thing. I'm just saying. So anyway, you one should of the be foods proud of we had... One of the foods we had... Mm. Was puff, I really puff. have n- having like none of what I want to say today. <laughs> no, you're like okay. Anyway, moving on. Let's ignore it, what the blind man had to was, say. It was a long day. Okay, <laughs> it, was it was a long day, day and now you're finally <laughs> home, and you don't want to deal with any crap from your husband. Essentially, no. I was warning people at work. I'm like, oh, I hope it gets a little bit better because like Mark's gonna be in trouble when I get oh, home yeah. if it doesn't, and it's not even gonna be his fault. It'll just be like usually you're okay with this, and today you're not. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've told me this now that we started recording the podcast. And I had no idea up until well, now. I thought I was better. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you didn't have to warn me. <laughs> Guess what? Surprise. Anyway. But for what they did not have, because they were working out the bugs, so they didn't have all the food that they had promised, I was interested in trying goat. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, they, they did not have yeah. it. Yeah. But they did have puff puffs, mm-hmm. which are like sweet dough bread. Kind of like a donut hole, but like larger. Jumbo sized almost, yeah. Yeah, definitely larger. I found it was softer too. Like it had more of a doughy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it had a a sweet, like it was a subtle sweetness. Yeah, it wasn't glazed or anything. You didn't taste like a lot of sugar on it or anything. Yeah, there wasn't anything on it. It was just. Subdued, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they do that exactly. Yeah, and they were so good that the next night we were hanging out with friends. And we made sure to go back to the village to uh-huh. get an order of those and uh, plantains. Plantains. Right? Is that yeah. what they're called? Yes. I believe so. <laughs> I keep screwing up the name myself, so I said it confidently there. I might be totally wrong. And they were very tasty, those ones, yeah. too. A lot of their food was good. But we went back for the puff puffs. You know what I would say about that? Oh, no. The puff puffs were the stuff stuff that kept you coming back for more. Well, you were right on one thing. 
You would say that. <laughs> and I did. I did. Anyway. But anyway, so we really liked them. And when I went back, I asked uh, the the woman that was working there, one of the women, uh, where we can get this from a restaurant. And she informed me that there used to be one restaurant and they closed. And now you can only get it from caterers. And she will buy a case at a time. And she said it guiltily. Yeah, you she said. was like, oh, <laughs> like I just buy it at a case at a time. And like part of me wanted to say, no. I think I understand. We understand. We like, totally understand. We wish this African village had come along sooner so that we would have uh, known to go to the restaurant while it was still open mm-hmm. to keep them in business. I know. I would have single-handedly made sure their dessert menu was always like puff puffs. I mm-hmm. would come and get some. Exactly. I don't know how healthy they were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just... Maybe it's not something you should eat every day, but... Uh, There's probably some doctor like... Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, you ate those. How many did you have? And did you weigh yourself after? And then you tell them, and then they're like, hold on one second, and you see them go to their office, and they place a phone call. Hello, emergency room? I have a patient coming in. <laughs> yes, it's another one of the Puff Puff people. <laughs> We've had another outbreak. There there has been a gorging. Because the thing is, is that it's very light, Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel heavy, so like no, it you can you can eat them without noticing how many you've had. You can stuff stuff the puff puffs until it's too late, and you keep on trying. It works. It works. So we had Trust fun me. there. We had fun with friends, just hanging out. We and did, chatting. yeah, on Saturday night. It's nice to be able to uh, to do that where you're not going out and having to do something. There's mm-hmm. just nights where you can just relax outside and you that. Can just chillax. Mm-hmm. Have a few drinks. Well, you don't drink, but no, I don't usually drink. But I had a couple, and it was nice. Yeah, because you, because I found the the coolers. We you had. found the coolers that we've had for like two, three years, and I'm yeah. like, wow, we had those. So I guess I'll drink them. Mm-hmm. And it was good. So yeah, we had a fun Friday and Saturday, and then what did we do? On, we just relaxed on Sunday, basically. Yeah, didn't we? Yeah, I, well, I can't I, remember. I think I'm I an old man. I, I had to do a lot of errands and chores. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't um, it wasn't going out and doing anything fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The fun was dead. Yes. And buried by Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wow, I really killed that, didn't I? Well, it, it helps when you say dead and buried. You know, it kind of lends itself to killing something. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very. That's a very accurate assessment. I would say. I'm glad you approve. Glad you approve of my approval. But I did watch um, on Netflix, I was watching more of uh, When They See Us. Which a lot of people have been watching, apparently. Mm. They just came out with numbers for how many people have watched it. And like it's some crazy number for the amount of Netflix accounts mm. that have watched. I want to say like 12 million or something. Like it's, mm. it's a big number. I can understand that. Yeah. They, like I've heard the story before. I watched, um, I think, it, I want to say... It was in the first season of the confession tapes, but I don't know. But I know I watched something about how, like, the confessions were not good. For people who aren't familiar with this, this is about the Central Park Five, right? Yeah, they were kids aged um, 13 to, to 15. Okay. One was 16. And essentially, they were part of a very large group. In that very large group, 
people were harassing people on bikes and that a little bit. And apart from that, a woman had been uh, raped and, and brutally assaulted. Okay. And from that, they sort of started to say, oh, well, it had to be people from this group. It had to be this. It's not just a coincidence, which it probably really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, it was, well, these five people did it. And they got false confessions, uh, you know, kids basically being either told to tell the lie and agree with it so they can go home. A lot of them were essentially the promise was, you lie to us, you get to go home. So I was watching that. Uh, I do watch that one with descriptive video. Ah, there you go. Have it on there. There's some shows that I watch with descriptive video. There's some that I don't. Uh, You use it so you can see what's happening uh, you sometimes were... i use it because i don't always catch everything that's happening so i find it useful now have you ever tried to watch something with your eyes closed and playing the descriptive video i'm just curious i don't actually know so i haven't watched it with my eyes closed okay i'll have to do that i'll have to have an experiment one of these days mm-hmm. do a blind movie review or something yeah that'd be interesting mm-hmm you could you could welcome yourself to my world. <laughs> Maybe I'd welcome you too. I don't know. So let me would, ask you: it What de- is? It would depend how uh, how much you're annoying me that day. So what is audio description? Well, with described video, there are actually uh, several different kinds. Um, it's also a name that switches depending on where you're getting it from. Um, on television, there's Accessible Media Incorporated in Canada. They produce television shows with accessible or described video i should say um but depending on where you're getting the content from it, it can be called uh, what can it be called it can be called uh, described audio or audio descriptions uh, described video video descriptions there's a bunch of different names for it essentially so if you hear me switching from term to term to describe it in this episode even um just know that i'm talking about the same thing so uh eventually um, eventually essentially it works like you put basically an extra kind of track of dialogue on top of the normal one you would hear if you were watching a television show or movie so um you're just watching a normal show and this dialogue describes what is happening in the video that's taking place and it's actually synced up with the dialogue of people talking in whatever you're watching so uh it doesn't interrupt with any of the dialogue between characters in the television show or whatever so um it actually works a little bit differently too on different formats um when we go to the movie theater they give you a headset or the described video or audio what what do they call it the movie theaters described described services yeah so that's um if you see the ds on movies and that when you're looking through the show times that's what that is and basically they give you a headset and that contains a dialogue track that describes everything uh it works through the internet apparently at the movie theater so that's how it works there on netflix if you go into the languages settings, there's usually one. If the if the content does have audio descriptions, there will be a language setting uh, that has 
uh, audio descriptions for, I think they, it's usually U.S. English. So um, that's how you find it on Netflix, on Apple TV, or any Apple devices. Basically, you go in the general settings of that device and just turn on audio descriptions. So whenever there's a movie you rent or television show you get that has that content, it automatically plays. So that's essentially how it works across different services. Um, there's also, as I was mentioning, the Accessible Media Incorporated. I feel like I'm rambling on here. <laughs> Sorry about that. There's but, a lot of information. Yeah, exactly. Um, so with Accessible Media Incorporated, they actually produce all of their content. Um, it's something called Integrated Described Video. And what that is, is they built in the accessible the information right into the script when they're producing the television shows. So you'll get people basically describing what's going on in the show and being very descriptive with what they're saying um, right from the get-go. So you don't need an extra audio track to be put over top of it. So I guess there was a survey that found, and I linked to this uh, article actually in the show notes for this episode, but there is a link or a survey that found that a lot of people who suffer from blindness or any kind of visual impairment, um, when it comes to using described audio, they feel somewhat segregated by it because they often feel like they need to watch the content by themselves because in many cases it plays over whatever's on television and like if they're watching it with friends or family or whatever, everybody has to hear the same content when they don't necessarily need it. So a lot of people felt that way. I don't necessarily feel that way myself. Um, our friends are really cool when it comes to going to movie theaters that have this option or watching a movie even when we get together with them with the described uh, with the audio descriptions on. So. It's not an issue for me, but I don't speak for all blind people, obviously, uh, as much as we relate our experiences on here. We're definitely not speaking for everyone. And I mean, that's the same with any group of people. One person doesn't speak for all of them just because they all have something in common. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty good explanation. Well, one of the things I realized, too, with uh, being with you and uh, stuff like that is... With disabilities, I mean, it, it's, if you even look at average person, I would say, mm -hmm. let's, go, let's use that term, um, well, I don't want to say normal or everything, I've been thinking more of, like, average is what people would, would relate to. Okay. Because normal is debatable, and, you know, I like mm -hmm. my normal. It's very subjective. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... But if you if you have the idea of the average person or anything like the the idea that physically you're going to find someone who is completely and absolutely the same is completely unlikely. Yeah. I mean, even with twins, they say like look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny like, DeVito. Exactly. Very different. Very different. <laughs> but even physically, like there'll be differences. Some, like they they don't die at the exact same time. So obviously, even if you look at Physically, there are going to be differences. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, no two people are the exact same. Exactly. No, so, no person from any group, whether you're talking about uh, females, uh, white people, uh, people with disabilities, people who are 
deaf and blind, people that are in wheelchairs, people like no matter what group you want to look at, there's never one person that is going to be the be all and end all of all of them. Mm -hmm. So every opinion, because I look at uh, what you prefer. And then uh, when we start dating, I had looked up things to to know about people with blindness and that. And it's like, oh, like this might affect you. And then I would get to know you. And it's like, well, that doesn't really like affect him. So, I mean, you can't look at even the average of any group and say well, that every single one of them is going to agree with anything. Every single one of them is going to be the same. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of learn as you go. Mm -hmm. and, and you learned as yeah. you went. That's a good segue. Yeah. Because when we first, well, before we started dating even, um, at that time, there was described video at the movie theater, but not every movie had them. They've actually, it's actually come a long way. Um, there was a time where basically the movie theater would only get one movie with uh, described video, and it would have to be like a popular one. And basically, if the movie you wanted to see wasn't the most popular coming out at the time, it didn't have it. So... Um, now you can get it for like pretty much every big release coming out at the same time. It has it for multiple movies at the same theater. So that's a huge benefit. But at the time before we even started dating, one of the first times we went to see a movie together was with a couple of friends of ours. And, um, and you had to describe it for me because there wasn't any, any audio descriptions over the headset for me. And, and that movie was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. So uh, it, cre it created an interesting situation, and it really broke the ice between us, I find. It, it, it had a, an unintentional benefit. So do you want to describe what you had to describe to me? I mean, we can tell, we well, can no, tell, it, we can tell people off. put the, like earmuffs on, like earmuffs well, for the kids. Earmuffs for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Just, just nudge them when, they, when we think we're done talking about it. Um, well, the adults <laughs> will be listening in the meantime. No, what it was was that Wake up. it was a person, it was... Um, I want to think of his name, but it was Steve Carell's character. And yes. it, it, it starts off with him waking up and he's trying to go pee, but he has an erection. Mm -hmm. So the pee is, you know, spraying up or whatever, which I didn't realize would happen in life. But apparently this does. Men can relate to it. That's and fair. So, That's fair. So you that was like yeah. the first scene. And it was one of those moments that at first I'm like, oh, like, I really am uncomfortable having to do this. And then people in the theater are laughing. It's like, oh, like, I gotta let them know what the joke is. Mm -hmm. And pretty much, once you do that, there, there's really nothing you can't describe. Really, yeah, it breaks down yeah, the it, boundaries. It was, yeah, it was like the icebreaker, pretty much. It was mm -hmm. like, well, after that, like, what else is there? The icebreaker, the... the... <laughs> The boner breaker? The ice boner? I don't know. I was trying to work the word boner into that because they mm. had bees, but it didn't really work. Well, that's the thing is, uh, like, pretty much, I don't think anyone who made that movie thought, like, wow, this is really going to help someone in their relationship. 
with uh-huh. someone who's blind. But if they did think did. that, then man, they had incredible foresight. Foresight, I should it? say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the craziest thing. But uh, yeah, like I was saying though, like it's come a long way since then. Um, the quality of the audio, even over the headset, has gotten a lot better. Um, before there was a lot of static in the broadcast, and since they've switched it to stream from the internet, it's definitely a better sound experience. Um, which isn't to say we don't still have issues from time to time when going to the movie theaters with the, uh, the audio description. Sometimes Mm. it will cut out, which has happened (laughs) several times at, uh, different theaters. Like when we went to see the Hulk and it, uh, cut out when he was changing for the first time, which... Yeah, changing into the Hulk. I'm not gonna lie, I was annoyed when I had to leave to go tried to get it fixed. Well, and I don't even uh, blame you. It was like, but this is like the moment. This is what we were waiting for. And it's like, they're not going to like reshow. Cause it's one of those things with movies. Like they're not going to reshow him turning into the Hulk. Like yeah. over and over again, TV show. Like when we talk about audio description and stuff like that, you'll, you'll notice there is a difference between TV and movie. What happens in them? At least I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things with movies is that a lot of times you get more of a, a one shot with things. Mm-hmm. So I knew when I was leaving that I was not going to see this again <laughs> until I rewatched the movie. Yeah. Well, and, and the then, thing is, like, the first time he changes into the Hulk, too, obviously it's going to be the most dramatic uh, chance you get to see mm-hmm. him change into the Hulk. It's going to be the most detailed because it's the big money shot mm-hmm. of the film. You're seeing him change into the Incredible Hulk for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though he transforms later in the movie, it's not going to be as impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I'm thinking, like, in Sailor Moon and that, there was always that play where she was trained like changing into sailor moon or Uh even in like uh different tv shows if you had someone changing into something else like you'd have a little bit more of it yeah you'd you'd see it again whereas in movies like i said it's a one-shot deal so uh the other thing is that doing action sequences is really good if you know action sequences (laughs) uh if you're like me they pushed, they punched. I think he hit him with his elbow. It was dimly lit because it was at night, which is understandable. But if you don't have the script in front of you and you're trying to describe a fight, I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, and the thing is, too, with audio description, they know which um, things happening on screen are relevant. Mm-hmm. What information you need that's relevant to what happens later on in the movie or different things that tie in. So they're going to tell you more details that are relevant to the scene and to later on in the movie so that it all ties together. Whereas you as a viewer, you're watching it for the first time as well, so you don't necessarily know what to emphasize or Mm -hmm. what to focus on. So that makes it more difficult for you too because you're trying to decipher, okay, what information does he need to know, essentially? Yeah, because like when we watched uh, The Prestige... Yeah. With, with, um, oh, what's his name? Hugh Jackman and, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. That's a, yeah. I knew about Hugh Jackman. I couldn't think of the other one. Anyway, okay. Well, you weren't saying either one is, of their names, so I didn't know which one you were when thinking When my mind of. stalls, it stalls yeah. good. And, uh, to watch that, any kind of, like, a thriller, um, 
mind cryptic kind of thing where you have to like think through it and you're trying to figure out the mystery mm -hmm. uh, those are killer yeah to do sort of on the spot uh narration because i don't know if it's important that he put a book where he did i don't know if it's important that you know this was put here or that he turned around at a spe like specific time or you know things like that and with those kind of movies, it's those little details that could end up being big. Mm -hmm. So I remember watching it and trying to like describe all these little details that I had no idea if it was important or not. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like when I say that you, you can't judge a group by one person, I don't mind audio description because yeah. there's times when I've listened to it with you and I was like, I never even knew he did that because <laughs> when I was watching it, I never noticed it. It wasn't something that was important to me. And yet to like, to be, to have it pointed out, it was like, Oh, like that's interesting. Yeah. That's the funny thing about it too. Like there's benefits and drawbacks because there's sometimes where it doesn't describe certain things to me even because they're, they're like in a little inside things, but they're not totally relevant to what is going to happen in the movie mm -hmm. and they only have so much time between dialogue to describe a scene right mm -hmm. so i mean there's there's uh, pros and cons i guess to having the described video content because like you said mm -hmm. sometimes it points out stuff that you don't catch when you're watching it visually for mm -hmm. yourself even but uh, there are some times where it doesn't fully describe everything and it's yeah. funny because sometimes it'll describe something before it actually happens on screen oh. because it has to say it within a certain amount of time so i'll start laughing about something that's happened when it hasn't totally happened yet there's like that one or two second delay mm -hmm. between my laughter and then like the rest of the movie theater so it's kind of funny when that happens mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I forget we were watching with friends and the moment like that had happened and all our friends were like spoilers like yeah yeah we didn't know that was gonna happen yet so it was kind of funny mm -hmm. um pretty sure it was a movie we had already watched before but it was one of right. those things um so but i'm also a person that so many shows i watch i have closed captioning on because i find it's weird to say but it helps me hear better okay because you know what the words they're saying are generally supposed to be not that it's like with audio description I find that with closed captioning, it's not 100% accurate. No, it's not. Yeah. Because they get like a certain script, um, especially for closed captioning, and sometimes changes can be made after they do the closed captioning for mm -hmm. it in like post-production or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that happens on television shows sometimes, different movies mm. and that. So, I know that happened last season with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, there's mm. a last episode where they're talking about... There's like a reference to Infinity War, I guess, and the dialogue in the closed captioning makes it sound like something else is happening elsewhere when they actually had to change it so that it would make, they actually had to change the dialogue, like the audio dialogue, mm -hmm. uh, they changed it so that it would actually make sense with the movie. So. Yeah, so neither system is perfect. No. But like... I don't, I don't mind audio description. I don't either. I can watch it with you. Mm -hmm. I find if it's done well, I don't like it when, and you would have the same problem that sometimes 
they have the the track that's supposed to be uh like you said like dubbed over it in a sense mm-hmm. uh louder than the actual movie yes that's very annoying when, when they don't have the the volume levels right yeah exactly like some movies you have the sound effects they they're really loud and it's over it like you can't hear the narration over the sound effects but then when it's the rest of the movie you have to turn the volume up like it's it's weird like it's hard to explain kind of mm-hmm. it's almost like the dialogue isn't loud enough at certain points so you like turn the movie up to hear it but then the rest of the dialogue in the movie itself is too loud Mm-hmm. So then it's this balancing act between the two. Well, I found, so, what if we were just, uh, I think it was Trolls that we were watching, and the narration was louder than the movie. Yeah. And that made it difficult because, I mean, you want to hear the audio description, but at the same time, like, if you turn that down, well, then you can't hear the movie parts. Right. So, yeah. it's, it's, it's really yeah. annoying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so they got to work on that. Come on, but, people. Uh... Get your act together. <laughs> What the heck is this? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm actually surprised, and I hope this happens one day with, I mean, the Apple TV and different things like that, where with stuff that you stream, I hope in the future they find a way with Bluetooth, if they can reduce the lag enough to basically make it where you can play like the normal audio on the Apple TV through like the television itself, and then play the described audio content through like bluetooth headphones or something you know a different audio source i'm surprised they haven't done something like that you know what's funny is that i'm trying to remember the article i read because the system they use now in like uh the cineplex and that okay i'm trying to remember the name of it and it's escaping me at the moment but um that uses the internet and what it basically is is it audio no i don't think so okay but anyway, it uses that system, and what it is is that they basically have the track on the internet, so it's accessing that track mm-hmm. to play through the the headset. So that's why if the internet was going out like it was for the Avengers when we went yeah. to see it, that's it was actually it up because mm-hmm. Disney was spearheading that. Okay. I remember Disney had really like started doing that with it. Yeah. Thing. It was trying to make it so and that was in the US. Yeah, in the US like all they have yeah. their Disney anywhere app. Yeah, that's essentially what the, the basis of this is. Yeah. I mean they use it when you buy digital copies directly from Disney. They have all of their films have um an accessible track for it. And I know in the theaters and stuff they've been really good about doing that providing the audio tracks and even in like on their blu-ray releases and stuff they were one of the first studios that really got into doing it and even on their abc app in the states they do audio description for television shows like agents of shield and that Mm -hmm. so i think that's really cool that they do that i think it'd be really cool if we if that's something that we expanded and could really do that um because i think that'd be really useful Mm-hmm. And I hope it uh, expands into Canada. The one thing I don't understand, and I hope if you're listening, anyone who knows, maybe you could uh, help us know this. Uh, I know that closed captioning is required, but audio description is not. I know it's supposed to be required after, I want to say, 8 o'clock. I want to say 5 to 8 or something. Or There's something about 8 For o'clock. what, in Canada? Uh, I don't know where. 
Okay. She's either in the States, but it is required somewhere for okay. some other shows. And I'm just wondering, how do you get descriptive video that it's required so that there's more push for it? I know in Canada, um, with the CRTC, they recently made a ruling that uh, the big broadcasters like Bell, uh, different Canadian broadcasters from 7 to 11 at night in primetime, they have to have four hours of described video content. And uh, a lot of the broadcasters here they've actually asked for an exemption uh, which is something the cnib was very vocal about they mm. actually tried to mobilize people to write to the crtc and say that they shouldn't be exempt from this but essentially they wanted to be exempt um for u.s programming so for stations like ctv and uh pretty much any Canadian station except for CBC, you can understand where that would create a problem because from 7 to 11 is basically they're airing American programming. So I think the big thing that CNIB mentioned was that instead of trying to find a way to make it work, all they did was simply move forward and ask for an exemption instead of trying to find solutions to the problem because the big networks were basically trying to say that in receiving the content from the U.S. networks that they wouldn't have enough time to apply the described uh, video content to it. Mm -hmm. So that was the big issue they were trying to say. Yeah, so, I think the argument against that were was that people were pointing out that people who were not big, big uh, businesses were able to do the same thing in in less time well and i believe that um the networks here i think you're able to request the the described video content with what you're getting i i don't know i thought i heard that somewhere i'm sure you can i don't like i don't understand how you could not yeah because they be already produce it that. in the united states so why yeah. would you not be able to like yeah. request that to have it in Canada. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. That's why I've always been uh, uh, confounded, I guess is the word. Yeah. Confounded. When you'll have it where, like, oh, this has the um, described service. Yeah. And then, like, that's that to me is, like, the biggest annoyance with um, going to theaters is that you'll have it where they're like, oh, like, only select theaters have the described service. It's like, but I don't understand why it can't be all of them. And that's that a thing that. too. Because to me, if you have that track, why can't you have it for all of them? Like, yeah. Like, and that's something too that bothers me is that there's not any real transparency in terms of how it works. Mm -hmm. Deciding which movies get this described audio content, which television shows get it, which don't, and why, and how it all works. I mean, I think if the consumer knew how it all worked, they might be a little bit more understanding if something was unavailable to them. Well, you yeah. know what I mean? You're just getting like this content without any accessible way to experience it and no explanation whatsoever. Well, people are going to be a little bit more upset. I would, mm. I would think anyway. Well, I've always, uh, you know, when I, when I've trained people, I would tell them like, okay, like if there's a problem, you go to your, your customer, your consumer, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. And you tell them what the problem is. I was like, it will not alleviate the problem. It's not going to make something arrive sooner. It's not going to make something, you know, suddenly happen. It's like, 
But if you explain to them what's going on and why there's an issue and that it's for quality or whatever issue you have, nine times out of ten, the person will not be angry at you. And that's and, all it is. Yeah. It's diffusing a, a future situation. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? I mean, people are a lot more understanding when they can relate to something. So if it's all about relating a message to the person or making sure they understand what's happening, I think. Because you look at a show like In the Dark, actually, which is a CW show about a blind person. In Canada, if you go to buy the episodes on iTunes, there is no described video content for those episodes, which seems absolutely ridiculous to me. And it's CTV that has the rights in Canada. So I don't know if it's that CW decided not to provide described video for the TV series, which I don't think would happen. Or if it's CTV Canada who doesn't want to ask for that permission to provide it in Canada. Yeah, if it's like this cost that are like, oh, we don't really need to pay it. Yeah. And they just want to save money. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that there might be someone who's from CTV who, by chance, is listening to this and it's like, that's not the reason at all. But my message to them is, but you didn't tell us otherwise. Yeah, exactly. If there's anybody listening to this or anybody who knows somebody um, who would be able to explain this to us, I'd love to hear the explanation because to me, there's no real communication with the the uh, blind consumer in terms of this stuff. So, I mean, if you want to tell us what the reasoning is and it makes sense... Well, that's a lot different, but mm. as far as this goes, you're basically not giving us content that we need to enjoy a television show or mm. movie or whatever, and you're not telling us why. So, yeah, we're going to be a little bit more angry about that. Yeah, and the thing is, is like with Netflix, um, I'm not, I did not watch all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Mm -hmm. You have, and that's because they had the narration. Well, so, I mean, and it's kind of funny. That, that That's a funny story, actually, because when those shows started out, Daredevil began and it didn't have audio description when it hit Netflix. And there was a huge uproar about it, so much so that they decided to do the audio description for that series. And then following that, they went back and did it for all of their original shows. And that's something they continue to do now. But it wasn't until Daredevil actually came to Netflix that they decided to do it because of the, there were so many complaints that the show about a blind superhero didn't have audio description for the blind. Yeah. Which is, and, it is ridiculous yeah. when you stop to think about it. Yeah. And it's one of those things like when I say like with TV and movies being different with one shots, um, to watch a show that has audio description is a lot easier because when you first meet the cast of characters, okay, let's say at the beginning mm -hmm. of a movie, they will mention someone's name. Now, because they've mentioned the guy's name before, you can see him throughout the movie. You know he's whatever they said it was. But if you didn't realize you had to pay attention to the fact that the guy's name was Greg, um, I describe it as, you know, there's a group of people. Because I don't yeah. know the importance of this group. I don't know that Greg is going to turn out to be, like, the super secret guy that was giving them information and that's how he knew this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know... Once it's revealed, it's like, okay, I'm going to call him Derek because I don't remember his name. 
yeah. then we get to the end of a movie. And this is based on, you know, having watched actual movies and having to do this. There's been more than one occasion where I'll lean over to Mark and I'll be like, okay, so you know the guy I've been calling Bob? <laughs> His name's Bill. So every time they were referring to Bill, that's this guy. Yeah. And, I mean, with TV shows, you don't have to do that as much because TV shows have that worry of someone clicking in from a commercial. Mm -hmm. So they'll name names constantly. Right. Uh, they're, they say names so much more than in real life. It's, it, it's insane. There is no way that you have ever watched an episode of Friends and not heard Ross and Rachel and them calling each other by their name mm -hmm. constantly. Because in TV, you you don't have that one shot. You have to have multiple. Whereas in a movie, they figure that you only need it once because you're not leaving the movie. Yeah. You're not flipping over to another movie and then coming back to it from the theater. So they really only need to use a name once or twice. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize that, you know... Well, that funny. guy was important to the film. <laughs> it's funny, because even in the last Spider-Man movie, they had uh, one of the characters. They didn't name him on screen. And uh, he was actually Mac Gargan, who ends up becoming the Scorpion. And you don't realize who he is. He doesn't become a Scorpion in the movie. That's not a spoiler. Uh, but you don't realize that's who it is until you read his name in the credits. Mm. But we're, um, on the audio description, it actually says it in the audio description, who he is. So, I mean... It's another case, right, where you mm. might not catch the name in the movie, but I get it through the described video. So it's, it's very important. Yeah. Like in uh, when I was just watching uh, When They See Us, it's only four episodes, but it took me a while to get through those four episodes because, you know, mm. life. So like going happen. back to it, mm -hmm. they brought in, not they brought in, but you see someone from like the first episode and she's being called into an office, and it's like, okay, this person's called. I was like, oh, that's her name. Now, mm. I remembered visually who she was from the first thing, but I, if I was describing it to you, I wouldn't have known her name until they mentioned it again. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, it was the officer from the first episode, but she was doing this, and then this one took over. Okay, so it's... A, and I mean, that's just a lot of words, whereas with narration, you can cut that down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Dude, her name was this. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, definitely important. And also, beyond that, the people who describe the uh, audio, of the who describe the video, I should say, uh, are also very important. The narrators, the people who write it. And it's funny because I recently um, listened to another podcast. It's called Blind Abilities. And they had uh, somebody on there who does the narration for, I think he's done Criminal Minds uh, in the United States, and he's done it for different shows and that. His name is Roy, Roy Samuelson, and uh, we actually follow him on Twitter, and he has started a campaign to try and get people who use uh, described video and different things like that to identify who is doing the audio description and say who they like, who, um, what people they like to hear, uh, and what stuff they've done so that there's more, uh, kind of 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Recognition. Recognition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, recognition. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, more recognition for those people because you don't really think about that. And I mean, at the end of the movie, at the end of all of the credits, they'll say so and so, or like the uh, narration was described by this person from this company, whatever. And like at the end of the credits, you're not really listening for that. So I mm. mean, it's something you brings attention to the people who put in all the hard work because you look at a two hour movie or even like for Avengers Endgame, which was three and a half hours. I mean, that's a lot of work. Or yeah. three no three hours sorry three hours. but still that's it's, it's it's a lot of work. I remember when as a gift for you, mm-hmm. I had there was a book by YouTube. Oh yeah, YouTube, YouTube by YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, it was and your autobiography. What I did was because there wasn't an audiobook of it, I actually recorded me reading the book mm-hmm. to Mark and trying to edit, and it was like this whole thing. How so long did up, that take you? Because you started God. a long time before. And you didn't get it finished. Like, it was a long time after. Basically, it ended up being that there would be mistakes in there because I didn't have the time to edit it back. Because you edited, like, so many chapters, then you were finally like, look, you're going to be waiting forever if I finish this, so there's going to be mistakes, but... Like, suck it up, basically. Well, it was Which I don't blame you. Like, it was a long... Every chapter was very long for... Yeah. They were long files. And uh, for audiobooks, it's different than narration, too. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, because I watched, um, there was not an interview, but Stephen Fry, who does does narrate some audiobooks. He's a comedian, and he does a bunch of things. He's from uh, England and that. So uh, he was talking about how he went to do the audiobooks for um, Harry Potter. Okay. And at the time when you did the first book, it wasn't, you know, like big, big deal that it was, you know, Harry Potter. Yeah. But uh, J.K. Rawlings was very strict about reading every word that was printed. Mm. You had to read the book as it was written. Mm. Because her way of looking at it, and he said he understood, like it was understandable, was you can't dumb it down. This yeah. is for children. Read it as if they're reading the book, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said there was one part that he he had he kept having problems with, this one sentence. So he ended up calling her up and asking her, like, can I just switch this? Because he said sometimes authors will let you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told him, no. <laughs> yeah. And so he had to master this sentence but uh when you think of narration it's you you can only put so much of a spin on a script yeah like you know you have to do that and when you think of uh people doing voice acting they say it's voice acting is one thing but when you actually have to dub into it it's even harder because you have time constraints yeah so i mean this is essentially not just where you have an audio book that has to be by script because you can't you can't exactly change too many words considering but you also have where you're timed in that you can't have it where well it's just one second over well now you're talking over captain america so you know what 
you got to get it in there. And that's a challenge too for people who are writing the scripts for the narrators as well, because you have people who specifically are hired to write the scripts um, that the narrators use. So they're writing that specifically for this purpose. They have to time everything out and the narrators have to be able to do it as well. So it's very thankless work, I think. And um, at Roy Samuelson on Twitter is... If you want to give him a follow, basically, uh, he does a really good job. He'll do retweets and different things, acknowledging different um, narrators and things like that and giving them the recognition I think they deserve. Because, like I said, it's definitely thankless work, and I think a lot of people don't particularly look at it that way. They don't really keep that in mind when they're listening to this description in the movie or television shows they're yeah. watching. Because like I was just saying, like it, it's, you don't think of it as a lot of work, but there's a lot that goes into that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even if the big three, as I would call them for like uh, the communications, mm -hmm. Rogers, Bell, and uh, Chorus, were mm -hmm. saying like, well, it's a lot of work. I think one of the parts that makes that fall apart is that you have the, the smaller people, like the smaller business saying, but we can do it. Yeah. So I think it's like... You can have access, and if you expand in this industry, if you really invest in it, I think it would be a huge hit. Because one of the things is that we go with friends. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I remember writing to Cineplex before to complain about them, uh, to complain about That's their right. services. That's something saying, I wanted to mention, because they don't let you know until maybe two days before a show is coming out. And that became a real problem when we went to see Avengers Endgame. Because they were selling tickets about a month ahead of time, and they were selling out theaters. So we were really worried that we wouldn't be able to go see the movie on opening night, actually. Yeah, so, like, it was one of those things. Like, usually we would go with a larger group of people. We end up going with a smaller group of people. And, I mean, I couldn't blame them. Like, you're asking them to, to wait until two days yeah. before to find out when mm -hmm. it was going. Because those showtimes for us essentially didn't come out until the Tuesday and it was opening up on the Thursday. Yeah. And I mean, that's incredibly difficult. Uh, they, they say that you can't do it with IMAX. I can understand that because I think it's a different system that they use for IMAX. Yeah, no, that does make so sense. So it's understandable, but when it's just regular, like I don't, I don't get it. So they can and have their more explanation. Yeah. Their explanation to us is that they didn't get the, they don't get the information any sooner than that. Yeah. From the studios. Which I, it's so weird to me. I, I and, it's, and and it's like, who do you complain to from there? Because to me, there needs to be something where you can let them know, hey, like you have to think about people with disabilities as well, because I don't think they do a good enough job of that. Yeah, and I mean, and, and without knowing for sure how it works, it turns into a lot of finger pointing. Yeah, and I mean, I think with the movie industry that happens. And we, we keep seeing this time and time again, that they have this idea that, well, movies never work in August. And it's like, but did you put out movies in August? Well, no, because they don't work. It's like, okay, but that's that's not really a reason. That's like you saying that you never buy a red car because nobody buys a red car. It's like it, if people buy a red car, people buy a red car. Yeah. So they start putting it out in August, and it's like, oh my gosh, people go to movie theaters in August. And it's like, yeah, because you finally put out something for yeah, them. You finally put out something worth watching, essentially. Yeah, it's like, well, people don't go to movies where they have, like, a female lead. 
well, how many movies with a female lead have you put out? Well, not, well, you know, because it doesn't work. It's like, okay, but how many have you done? Mm-hmm. And then they put out and it's like, oh my God, people go to see movies with a female lead. It's like, okay, again, you, you understand. So I think it goes down to like, well, it's not that important. People, you know, how many people go with someone who can't see or that would be in a wheelchair or something like that. And then they suddenly start making spaces open for people with wheelchairs. It's like, hey, more people show up. Mm-hmm. And they start putting out with more closed captioning and, oh, I guess people do show up. I guess we can expand that a little bit. So, I mean, I think with the movie industry, it needs to start clicking in that just because you haven't opened up to that market doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So smarten up, movie industry. Yeah, because it's... And get it's, with the program. It's not like you're the only blind guy with friends out there. Like That's true. Like, there are a not, lot of us. You're not the lone person that's like well, I want to go to the movies. Like, obviously there is a market there for it. So I think if more movies opened up to that, more studios were like, okay, if I'm going to tell you it has an IMAX capability, Mm -hmm. I'm going to also make sure you know whether or not the other versions we're sending you has closed captioning and the DS service. Mm -hmm. Because then you can market it. And I mean, what's, to me, what's more stupid for a business to not give something they already have to enhance their product. Like, you know, it, it's one of those things that it drives me crazy. If you go to places, they don't have like a, a wheelchair ramp. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it'd be easy to add a, a ramp and then you could get, well, yeah, but it costs money. It's like, yeah, but you're telling me you're not going to pay, you know, 50 bucks or hundred bucks, or whatever to get a bunch of people to use your business that can give you $200 business. If you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So smarten up. Yeah. Is what <laughs> like, we're saying, essentially. Pretty much. Like, Come on. It just, it, it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, what shouldn't boggle your mind is that I think we're done this topic. <laughs> I know. I went on my little rant there. I'm done. Yeah, you, you got up on your soapbox. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, every once in a while, you just got to get something off your chest, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. So that's all you got for this week? For our main topic? Yes. Okay, good. Because we have another little something to talk about. As we you mentioned. Do. Yeah, we do. Oh, no. As you mentioned earlier uh, in the episode, we hung out with some friends this weekend. And one of them actually commented on our episode about blind eating or eating blind. I don't know which which order you want to use those words in. but uh, yeah, It doesn't matter. Yeah, You can't see the order anyway. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Good job. Good job. Anyway, ah, such a wonderful person. You what? I'm such a wonderful person. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you recognize that. Mm. But anyway, uh, one of our friends was asking us actually, what accommodations people making food for the blind, um, having them over for dinner, different things. What maybe they should keep an eye on or be mindful of. And I thought that was a a good question because I mean a lot of people don't know, right? So um, I tried to think in terms of what I like to avoid when I'm eating. Um, and basically what I would say, like somebody trying to help somebody else out who is blind, maybe um, I know messy food is very difficult for myself. So essentially, maybe if like you're making food for that person, like just ask them in advance, like, is this cool? Like if I make this, like if it's wings or something, just maybe ask them, like, do you want the sauce on the wings or do you want it on the side? Like same with like ketchup on the fries or just like something with different 
toppings like that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say for you, things that I, I try to be mindful of is also the dish that I go to use. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, like you bring up wings. Some people would serve that in, on maybe a plate. They might have things on a plate. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with certain items, a bowl might be better. So you might want to ask, like, do you want this? Is it easier if I put in a bowl? Is it easier? I know for you, for glasses, it's easier if you have one with a handle. Yeah. So, I mean, you can ask those. And again, Mark is not going to be the, you know, the no. only person that ever does this or prefers only this or, you know. So mm -hmm. you might ask someone you know who is blind and they don't want that but you know ask i thought you were gonna say mark is not going to be a diva about this <laughs> for some reason and i don't know why i just felt like that's what you were going to say but uh yeah but like you're saying with serving things in different uh, dishes i mean with macaroni and cheese and that we do it in a bowl because it's easier for me to eat from a bowl and different pastas it's the same thing it's easier in a bowl than on a plate so you have stuff like that so, yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, that's definitely true. There's, uh, like we were saying the other day, too, uh, with salad, putting that in a bowl instead of on a plate, it's a lot easier. So just different things. Just uh, I mean, Yeah, there's, uh, we'll go over to friends, and you will usually make sure that you have, like, a table to sit at or something to, to rest your plate because you're sighted, if you're sighted like me, Mm -hmm. You can understand that sometimes balancing that plate on your lap is not the easiest thing. Yeah, you that's true. You can see when it's slipping. You can sort of feel it. But if you imagine if you could not see it. And I mean, that's just an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. Plus, like, it's like the plate is on an uneven surface, essentially. And you're trying to get this stuff onto your fork. Uh, from the plate in that and you're not sure exactly where the plate is whereas if it's on a solid table you know where the plate is that entire time in relation to where you're eating so it's a little bit easier like if you drop food you know like you can eat over your plate it'll drop onto your plate whereas if it's on your lap you're not necessarily gonna have the food land on your lap yeah and sometimes it's, it's harder for me to <laughs> get food to stay on my fork yeah it's it's not someone being a diva it's someone who doesn't want to get sauce on your carpet. <laughs> exactly. I'm being considerate, not a jerk. Exactly. So that's very important. So yeah, I think like the moral is like essentially just ask the person like what they're comfortable with mm -hmm. in terms of what's going on and then go from there kind of because they'll tell you what they need. Um, I mean, I personally try not to be too imposing with what i need so unless you ask me i'm probably not going to go out of my way to be like oh this has to be like this this whatever but uh, if you just ask generally people are pretty understanding so yeah like that's what i'd say you're fixing meals it's it's generally the same way all the way through yeah i mean if if it's a dinner dinner you could ask to cut up the meat but again like that's just mark needs more practice and so there are, you know, there are people that can cut up their, their meat just fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, it's, again, one of those things you can ask. Yeah. Exactly. So a dinner dinner, is that like something opposed to, as opposed to a dinner lunch or <laughs> a dinner breakfast well, no, or like, breakfast dinner? Like sometimes we'll go over to friends well, and we're you more have having like a, a, yeah. You're having more of, like, snacks and that. Right. I got what you're saying now. Mm. So more of, like, a formal dinner. Yeah. That's what you mean. 
Yeah, like I just if, felt like correcting If you've you. decided for some reason you're going to be cooking a rack of lamb for your friends. He could maybe have a lot of money ask, if that's yes, the case. <laughs> you might want to go that little extra step and yeah. ask, like, oh, would it be easier if we cut it up for you or we took it off the bone or that? I would wondering. I would wonder if they're bribing their friends if they serve them a lack of lamb, or a rack of lamb. A lack of, a lamb. Lack of lamb is we what serve, I'd understand. We serve a lot of lack of lamb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the way you got to do it. But uh, anyway, so that's that's what we have to say about that. We just thought we'd follow up on it, and uh, I think that's about it for this week. Mm-hmm. Unless you have anything else you would like to say. Um. No, take, I was yeah. tempted. I was okay. tempted to make a joke, but I don't think you'll laugh. Oh God! <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, you might as well say it now. Thing for when you're doing like food, you know, don't just put it on there. Ah, oh, you'll you'll know it when you feel it. <laughs> you'll know when you feel it. If it's slimy, that's the stuff with the sauce. I've known. You figured it out, blind I've, man. I've known one person to turn your plate after I've explained what the times are on the plate and that, and we've had to switch it back. Yes, I know that person very yeah. well. I won't name his or her name, but uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, yeah. uh, that does it for this week's episode. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Blind Illuminations. We are on Twitter at Blind Illumination, no S at the end there. And uh, we are also on Instagram at www.instagram.com slash Blind Luminations. You can also email us at blindluminations at gmail.com with any questions, feedback, whatever. If you want to contact us, that's the place to go. With that being said, <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for this week. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. And we apologize for having this episode out so late. It's been very hot here in our uh, office in the apartment. We've had to close the door so you don't hear the air conditioner. And uh, it's taken us a few takes to get this all finished. So uh, I just need to point something out because listeners are like you and they can't see this. Mm. Mark is in shorts and he has been sweating. It is hot in here for him. Mm-hmm. I, however, am in jeans and I have a sweater on. Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know how you can be dressed that way. I honestly don't. It's insane. I'm it's insane hot, because but I'm it's not like that bad. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I just don't even understand. It's like mid eighties with the humidity. It feels like it's in the nineties outside. We are never you're... the same temperature. And you're freezing. Well, you're not freezing. You're just right. Yeah. And I'm like sweltering at the moment. Yeah, when I go out, I've been of suffering. This room, I'll be, I'll be cold. I've needed to take like two breaks from recording because of how hot I am. So, editing this episode is going to be fun. If you hear any sudden cuts in the audio, that's what happened. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hopefully it won't be as bad next week. Next when time we... we'll put an ice pack on your neck. There you go. Just yeah. Okay. That that works. That works. So uh, anyway, until next time, hopefully uh, it cools down a little bit when we record this next episode. And uh, yeah, so have a great weekend. Have a happy Canada Day because we won't be coming back until after then. And uh, hopefully we'll be out before the 4th of July for our American neighbors. Anyway, thanks again for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Blind Luminations was created by Mark and Jeanette Rushlow. Theme music was provided by Bill Nouveau at 
www.nouveauentertainment.com. Make the God of Blindness happy. Mark Clausen Blinder. Rate, review, and subscribe to Blind Luminations on iTunes or wherever great podcasts are found. This has been a Fire Teddy production. Fire Teddy Productions.